We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. It's time for KNC. What? The real KNC. It's called the only KNC now, right? Best producers in the market. Morning show producers. Curtis and Ken. I love those guys very much. Podcast stars. Oh, how do you not know that? And you'd be like, ah, Curtis, idiot. Lumpy. Come on, Lumpy. Lumpster, you moron. And now. 5.30 a.m. The real KNC to live radio every Monday, a half hour before the show. Live on the air? Live on the air. (laughs) 93.7. This place is going to drop in ratings. Ken Laird and Chris Curtis on your radio. I think it's a bad idea. Here's Ken. Can I just say something to you, Ken? Yes, you can. I love you. And Chris. Ken and Curtis aren't adults. They are sycophants. Both of them will try to make me look like an ass. On Sports Radio WEEI. Yo, the real and only KNC, Ken Laird. Chris Curtis. 5.30 a.m. We still get to promote this show. That's intentional. We don't want to beg. People come and listen to us when they want to. Correct. On their time. They seek us out. It'll be posted later. First, the report. Mudd is suspended today for sticking soap in his... Was it both children or both the older kid? It was just Carter, as far as I know. But it was a um, an absolute crazy scene after the show. There was yep. parent services were here. Child mm-hmm. services were called to Chelmsford. It's a very uh, messy situation for the Mutt Man. Good news for everybody, though. He's off today, so that's... Uh... Opens the door for somebody else. In this case, it's Greg Dickerson, so he'll make it back for the second straight week against all odds. We like that. Yeah, I like this combination. Dickerson, Wiggy, and Jerry. Mutt out. No reamer. So I think the fans of the, the morning show in WEI will be very happy to hear uh, those three together today. I want to talk about Mutt a little bit here in the opening segment, as we often do. Uh, before we get there, though, the Encore Casino opened yesterday. The Encore Boston. Uh, they have a big sign. I mean, you can see the Encore sp- Brawled over the top of it there, but you uh, you took the ferry. Yes, ten a.m. or what time? It was it was the morning at some point. I got there at ten thirty yesterday, wow. and they had a full ferry the first time that left a little early, so we ended up departing. Where did you leave from? Uh, right in the seaport, right next to the World Trade Center. There's a like a Seven Eleven and a flower shop. And then the P-Town Ferry is right around the corner. So it's this Boston Harbor Cruises company that runs the ferry for the Encore Boston. And yesterday and all week, free. Oh, not not even $7. Not even 7 bucks. So uh, we got down there. We were second in line for the next ferry that came back about a half hour later. They only have one. They just shuttle one back and forth. Right. And uh, so how long does that take? Uh, 25 minutes. Oh, that's not bad. And it's awesome. I mean, the ferry was spectacular. You just, like, go right around the harbor. You see the Boston Harbor Hotel, the whole skyline, the Navy Pier, all that. Right up the Mystic. Right up the Mystic, under the bridge, <laughs> and then you come out. Underneath the Mystic Bridge, and you sort of veer to the right a bit, and this, it's like you're in a different world, this massive building. I mean, Jerry's been talking about it for years now, <laughs> but it was... I like ferries. <laughs> he loves ferries. I thought Jerry would have been in heaven. They had a full bar. People were enjoying that at 11 a.m. on a Sunday morning. Nice. That's tempting for you on a Sunday morning. Oh, but my God. Yeah. You held off. Good. I, I held off. I mean, I couldn't believe that Mutt didn't like ferries. I mean, beer... <laughs> Wine in the morning on well, the water. Well, this was classic mutt. So last week he we this uh, comes up that you're going to do this for the show, and you posted it at Mutt Callahan on the, on the Twitter feed. This great visual coming in that's got a lot of views right now. Oh my god, more than Bradford Slinky. Turn on your toaster. Many more. 
Uh, but Mutt's like, no, I've never taken a ferry. Then by the end of like the 30 seconds, he'd come up with eight ferries that he'd taken at some point. I don't think I've taken ride. a ferry before. Beautiful and never? Ride. Down by the No, river. that's not true. You ever gone to Mutt's Vineyard? Long Island Sound. To get to Long Island, I've been on the ferry. Whatever that's called. It's a, just <laughs> a boat. I mean, yeah. yeah. But I've never had, but there's, it, when you go to Nantucket, I've heard where you drive your car onto a ferry. There's you can drive a ferry, drive drives you There's also Nantucket. a fast boat that takes you without a car to Nantucket. I've yeah. done that in Long you Island. I go to Belmont Park. I you have? Yes. Wow. So, Mutt has just not been to <laughs> Nantucket. That's like saying I've never been on a plane because I've never flown to Dubai. Well, you've been on a plane to go elsewhere. You just haven't been to Dubai. I don't know. It's very odd. What's in a, an odd state, I would say, right now? He's, he's, be, be, this whole casino thing has emboldened him to the point where he's hiding uh, VIP invitations. You and I both had invites that he just uh, uh, failed to, to deliver uh, to us. Point blank, period. He just he wouldn't give them to us. It's unbelievable, too, because that would have been daddy? a great... <laughs> it's a great oh, line, geez. but... Uh, it would have been a great weekend. I mean, a great uh, event for our show. We had just come off a big night at Jay Gilbert's, down to the Travelers. Right. Great trip to awesome Cromwell, trip. Connecticut. Yeah. We would have bookended that Thursday night. Huge VIP at this beautiful new casino right outside of Boston. And we get totally left at the door. So did Jerry for a little while, by the way. Uh, but then eventually he got invited and, and wooed, as he, as he should. I mean, he should be there. Uh, but it's it's a little bit of he's we're becoming threats to Mud. I think is is the reality of it. You and I got a lot of airtime in Cromwell, Connecticut. We're becoming stars. We already were more popular than Mutt on the old incarnation of the show. Absolutely. Uh, and the new incarnation, I I think we're pretty much. This would be an interesting Twitter poll. You know, um, who is more liked now, Curtis or Mutt? Uh, I think you're a likable figure. I frankly think you and I should have our names on the show. Wow. I think going forward it should be Ken and Curtis with Mutt and Callahan or Ken Curtis and Callahan featuring Mike Manansky or something along those lines. I, I would like to start an official petition for such. Uh, I mean, you're on the show a lot. You, you are the comic relief of the show. If, if not for the Curtis wit, where is the humor? Mutt's not providing it other than, like, unintentional humor. Well, Mutt's unintentional humor is spectacular. I mean, Jerry likes to say— I mean, who's your daddy is tough to come up with. <laughs> I didn't even understand that. <laughs> I thought that that was like, what's the podcast on Barstool? Is there some girl podcast, but it's not Who's oh, yeah, Your Daddy. Yeah. It's Call Me Daddy or Call Her Daddy, whatever it is. Oh, that's what he was Yeah, so I don't know if that was a bar. Usually if he's I don't got, get like, it. He's too inside for his own head. Nobody gets it. Nobody gets it. And that's where the Pardon Mutt's Take column, which was your idea, which is a brilliant idea. Well, you came up with the title for the column. Right, but to have a sort of one sheet of just Mutt's thoughts, yes. to get yeah, a we little need peek into, in to see that little thing known as Mutt's brain. It's, it's dangerous, but we need it. And we needed that. And with Mutt, I just, it's so frustrating at times. Well, you see me in the control room. You know, we want Mutt to sort of get out of that shell, fight back. If Jerry's ripping him, fight back. If Dale's ripping you, fight back. And he just... That's so not in his nature. He's, I don't know, it's a bizarre situation right like, now. Like, he listens to us some, but then he'll, he, he, he puts up the tough guy image. And, and to be honest, he's become little Dino. He has all these reads now. His greatest strength is he's got all these clients. He's, he's Pitchman, Mr. Pitchman. So he's got some power. He actually does have some leverage. Um, and he's becoming a popular guy in the gambling circles. I mean, Encore loves him. So that's, that's right Kirawano. up. Yeah. Right. He's huge <laughs> in the Spanish-speaking demographic of Boston. <laughs> but I, I honestly think that Mutt views Encore, going back to where we began this, yeah. as his ticket well, to, and, and, and to his frankly, future at Intercom in Boston. And so, therefore, he didn't invite us to the, to the big VIP event. Right. But I do like the idea, Ken, Curtis, and Callahan sometimes Mutt. I think yeah. that that would be a great show. I think people would really you sort of latch onto it because I do think there is some elements of frustration with the Mutt Man out there. 
he was the most popular, probably one of the two or three most popular guys during the heyday of Kirk and Callahan. Yeah, when he, he was, was the third man in, he was beloved. Right, because he was sort of that underdog that everybody rooted for, and that you know he was sort of this funny trumpet playing horse yes, betting nut. Yes, yes. Then and, he transitioned, and he had to become the a hole. Which he's done a pretty good job of at times, and now he's hated. Right, and now people, even when he's right, he doesn't. The thing that I don't understand is even when Mutt's right, so he got Gronk dead on accurate. Nobody else had it as early, as confident as he had it. That's true. And that Sunday night, I'm talking to Jerry, and we're wondering why Mutt isn't. That is the reason we have Twitter accounts. So Sunday night, say, hey, idiots, Dale, you know, great job. Do they reseed? Do they also have Gronk playing next year? Whatever, take a victory lap. And he has, like, he needs prodding to even do that. It's a very odd situation. They were so dead-ass wrong, Dan. I mean, he was probably unconscious on his uh, living room right, floor. Well, the, but The alcohol the, is an issue. There are some issues to overcome. But the, the, wor- the, the worst moment of last week was this underhanded, condescending shot at Curtis. We're talking in the back office after the show, and we're talking about another producer in town who talks on the air, and Mud is just laying into this guy, right? And he, and he, and he says, I'd even rather listen to Curtis talk on the air, like... Whoa, even even Curtis I'd rather hear more than this guy. Right, and the program director Dead is in serious. the room. He's talking to all of us. You know, we're just doing a, shooting the crap after the show. And Mutt says this, and it was so full of anger full and of anger. bitterness. Yes, and very bitter. Not a hint of humor, not a hint of sarcasm. It was this guy who happens to be the producer of Kirk's podcast, who Mutt kills. He hates Kirk's podcast. He rips it constantly. It's embarrassing. You would never say it to Minahan's face. No. But he does it to us behind the scenes. And then he's ripping Steve, his who's his producer. Is, yeah. And then he says, yeah, I'd rather listen to Curtis than that idiot or whatever. <laughs> now, how did that make you feel? Oh, my God. Well, it just proved to me that I am 100% in Mutt's head. He knows that there is some humor on the show, that that show last week, this is following you and I joining Jerry and Mutt at the at Cromwell, Connecticut, at the Travelers' it was a Championship. Good show. We had a good time. We had a great time. The show really worked well. We had a lot of fun, a lot of laughs, all of that. And I think he and feels then threatened. The wheels start turning. The monkey wheels start turning, and he starts to put the hand up. Right. Up, back off. I got a lot of reads here. I've I got, got the I got encore, encore tonight. I've got this book. You're not invited. You're a lowly producer. You couldn't even, you know. I'd you're... rather listen to Curtis. Ooh, <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd even stoop that low. Dripping with fear. I think is... you're an arrogant. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. And suspended today, so you'll get even more airtime. Now, uh, I don't know how this is going to manifest itself going forward, but the program director is big Curtis fan lately. He wants Curtis to host. He's been, this has like been a uh, pet project of his. Coming up soon, Curtis is hosting this show when Jerry's out. He wants to try. Well, maybe with Jerry in, actually, quite frankly. I have no idea what. Well, I'm, Jerry's out next week, so I guess we can do a little show announcement here. Do you want to do it here? Sure. So next week, uh, Jerry is out uh, leading into the 4th of July. And so Tuesday and Wednesday of next week, Ken Laird, Chris Curtis, in this very studio with Mutt, who I think will be on coffee duty. He'll be going to Cumbies a couple times. It's the three producers show is right. what it is. Producers. And John Anderson will be here right. behind the glass. But that's basically, yes. I'm doing both of your jobs at once those days. Which is easily done. Easily. Uh, believe me. Put the run You're both expendable. <laughs> But, uh, you know, th- th- now that's tentative. It right. could be added to because Mutt will throw a fit when he sees that's actually the case. Uh but yes, Tuesday. I'm looking forward to that. And and the and the PD wants you to be in the big chair, going to phone calls, transitioning to topics, getting out, staying on the clock. Uh, so he he try. I don't know how you feel about that, but oh. he, but he's definitely in your corner. Well, I I'm a little. You know, I the, my biggest takeaway is that Mutt's lead into this is he is going to scoff 
at my ability to take phone calls. Yeah, Similar yeah. to how he says that, you know, only he could give top of the second scores around the league. You know, when I tried out <laughs> and I said, you know, bottom one, no score, and I nailed it and, you know, said there's no chance I could possibly provide in-game scoreboard updates for the Boston Red Sox, he will use a similar tone when discussing my possible ability to host this radio program. Now, Mudd has also taken a shot at Reamer. I think we have this audio from last Friday as well, John, where he uh, took a little jab at Reamer. Reamer took notice of this. I don't think he liked it very much. This I happen to agree with Mudd on in some form and fashion. Uh, I don't know if it's a personal thing there or if it's just if Mudd – Let's listen into what Mud had to say about Reamer, then I'll react to it after. And I would say after Reamer's performance yesterday, two to three AM, it's not a good spot for him going forward, guys. Not I, I don't Jerry was not part of this conversation, but not a lot of good feedback from the show. At least three of the four show members on Reamer yesterday. What'd you think of Reamer? Three of the four show members? Yeah, three uh, or four had some I questions. I thought he was uh, okay. Oh, there you go. Okay. So, you know, we got into it a little bit further. I actually didn't think Reamer was bad. It was bad performance by Reamer. I just think the chemistry with Mutt and Reamer is not great. It ends up being the Reamer and Callahan show featuring Mutt a lot of times, I think, when Reamer's in. I agree, and I think that the biggest issue is not so much Reamer and Mutt. I think it's the Jerry factor in the room. We did a couple shows, or we did a show with Wiggy, Mutt, and Reamer, which I thought was a good show. It wasn't you know, the greatest show of all time, but it certainly wasn't you know, near the bottom of shows we've done. And I think with Jerry in the room, when Jerry and Reamer are together with Mutt, Jerry and Reamer, it's almost like Jerry's just biding his time to get into topics. Yeah, let's that, get the AOC. Let's get the AOC. Climate control, as Wiggy would say. Right, exactly. And I think that what with Mutt in the room, he really ends up echoing what Jerry says on the politics, but does so in a less informed basis. So he doesn't add when they talk politics. Right. And so it's just sort of like this third wheel that's at this Reamer-Jerry date trying to find a way to get his way in. It just doesn't seem to work out. It's the real and only KNC. It's the pre-show every Monday from 5.30 until 6. We lead you into the big show today. Mutt is suspended, so he's not in today. So it'll be a good, easy listen. It'll be a nice, fun listen. Wiggy, Dickerson, and Callahan. More on that coming up in the topics of the day after this. At 7.02 on Monday morning on Mutt and Callahan, it was about Mark and Hart. Did you know that? And why shouldn't it be? I'll I be... loved Zach Mettenberg. I was going to say, was oh my god, in. I was just going to say that! I was told oh, yeah. to go in through gate D. Oh yeah. I see gate C, I see gate E. In first grade, they taught me that it goes C, C D, D, E. <laughs> Man, best of friends, James and Hart, episode two this Saturday. This is the real and only KNC, Ken Laird. Chris Curtis. We are live on the pre-show until 6 a.m. Dickerson, Wiggy, and uh, Jerry in today. Mud is suspended for sticking soap in his kid's mouth. But what did you think of the day two of the Hart and James experience? Oh, man. Because it got a lot of hype last week. What a boner shrinker. I yeah. was all excited. They really delivered with the first episode. Legit hate, legit anger at each other, and they were going, you know, the 30 minutes, the first 30 minutes of Dickerson and James was as good a weekend programming as we've had in a very long time since you and I hosted years ago. Correct. But this week, I was expecting it to be a little bit more tame, but it was just a t- laugh and tickle fest. It was fest. tickle fest, yeah. It was, uh, it was a get along. Here's the thing with James. James is very proud of his moments of adversity and his moments of confronting people. He had the one stare down with, with Dale, right. as he calls him stale. Uh, and Which that's he was it. very happy with himself. He came right Yo, into the control room. Curtis, Curtis, Curtis I, I looked at him right in the eye and I called him stale. You saw that. You saw that, Curtis, right? And for I'm weeks like, afterward. It's like Bradfoe patting himself on the back for filling in for Cilio on that Saturday. He's he never mentioned that enough. to me. Oh, my God. But that's, James does, he'll do it once 
and he did get in Hart's grill right off the hop, but then he he backpedals. It's like uh, he's got one big bark, and then he just he starts to go into C D yeah, just e. just get along mode. So I think that's what we're gonna get. If it's it wasn't a bad show, it just wasn't it wasn't fireworks. Am I giving James too much credit by thinking that this was his his sort of first effort to get Dickerson back in the fold? So he knew if he fights too much with Hart. There's no chance he's going to do shows with Dickerson. Oh, again. he wanted to like submarine the submarine show. the show. Ooh. Say that we're buddies now. So Jerry, you can't say that we're best. You know, that we're going to hate each other, and it's going to be good radio. So this way, he's one step closer yeah. to doing a weekend show That's with. Dickerson. That's a good point. He likes Dickerson because half the time Dickerson just doesn't show up, and James loves that because just four hours of James. Right. No resistance. And when he does come, they have a good show, and they actually seem to get along, other than the moments when you know Greg walks out. And- right. As long as Gordon's not in the news, they can do a good show together. <laughs> Which is not. And this week, Gordon is back in the news. By the way, we are presented by the Mercedes-Benz CLA with its turbocharged engine and exceptional price. Go from 0 to 60 in less time and for less money than you'd expect. Visit MBUSA.com for local inventory offers or to find your nearest dealer. Then we had Bradfo on uh, Sunday, Sands Wiggy. So it was Bradfo and Reamer. Uh, I was at the beach, courtesy of Bradfo, which was an interesting decision by me in the first place. To he, he gave me the free parking pass to Cranes Beach, which is great. But once you Did start, you see the strings that were attached. Yeah, to it? yes. He wants you take the tag. Well, I the the park was I got to see where Bradford lives, and he has a palace, man, and a wow. state on the North Shore. Entercom is paying him well, or he is siphoning money out of the Dominicans somehow. Uh, Jerry is going to uh, be pissed about that. It is an unbelievable place. It is well beyond Bradford's means. Lying. Uh, we in, I instantly went to Zillow and was like, wow, I can't believe this. Anyway, <laughs> so I got to see where Bradford lives, but then you know for, he's going to hold him. He did me a favor. Anytime you take something from somebody, then I had to call in on the show from the beach, which was just awkward two minutes. I didn't want to do it, uh, but fine. But anyway, how was their show? You got to listen to more. You were on the shuttle over to the Encore. Right. I, I have to say it was a very odd beginning. So I was unaware. I It's my fault about the uh, Brad Foe Show podcast with Stephen Wright until I started listening Sunday morning when Rob was discussing Stephen Wright, his return to the team, his anxiety about meeting his teammates after – and I'm thinking this is all because of a domestic violence incident, that that would be why it would be awkward to be around your teammates to sort of resurface in the clubhouse following allegations that were later dropped against Stephen Wright. No, he said that there was a stigma in the clubhouse among players and peers in baseball for those that may have tested positive for, 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 perform, for, for PEDs. Yeah, for cheaters. For cheaters, which... A, we still don't know what Stephen Wright tested positive for. That wasn't on the podcast, as far as I could tell. He, uh, according to Bradfield, he didn't. He asked him, and he didn't want to get into it. Okay. No, I don't know. What, that was not included on the podcast. I guess I didn't hear the whole thing. So uh, it comes off. It comes off making Stephen Wright appear to be a victim, right? Which was just an odd, you know, an odd thing for me. A guy who allegedly was was arrested or whatever for a domestic violence incident, and then right after that is busted for cheating in baseball right doesn't seem like a guy that has the greatest moral judgment and the fact that there is some sort of unwritten rule or some written rule in clubhouses where it's frowned upon to be a cheater I mean no collection of people in the world rallied around cheaters like the players union did I mean no no group of athletes maybe unless they're you know Lance Armstrong were more defiant against cleaning up their sport than baseball players so that just seemed like an odd Thing to be going on. Yeah, this will be good for Wiggy to dive into when the when the six o'clock show rolls around because I would think if you're an athlete who's clean, you would get 
uh, pretty ticked off by that, and that would be an awkward thing to come back into. But as you say, it's kind of an eye roll. It's, it, it appears to be in baseball, uh, and, and more guys are getting popped still as the days go by. But, uh, you know, so so Bradford had that. Reamer was a little perplexed at that Yes, proposal. he asked. He, he said that. He, you know, he, I questioned him on he it. He pushed him on it. And, you know, the, the other big topic this week before we're out of time is that the team is on its way to jolly old England <laughs> Wednesday. They oh, depart yeah, the big London trip. To London. They're playing the Yankees. Two home games being played at West Ham's uh, stadium outside of London. And first of all, I am very frustrated as a guy that lived in England for two years that I am not some type of intercom correspondent flying on the jet. I know. Heading to London. I could tell them all the places to go, all the great pubs, cabinet war rooms, Instead, you name Big it. Shocker, our PD, will be on the uh, charter flight right? out there. And I got to tell you, Brad Foe is thrilled <laughs> That Josie is on his way to London. So that should be an interesting part of the week. Now, now, why is he upset that Joe's coming? I don't know. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of pent-up frustration on both sides in that relationship. But it's Bradford a, goes anywhere he wants. He, he basically, he's got his own separate wing. I mean, he, uh, he he went to Minnesota. It was a big series. It was. He goes Jumbo to set. Dominican trip every year. I mean, he shouldn't be complaining about other... It's it's the it's pot kettle in that situation and a stick tap to Shaughnessy. We I often criticize him, but he had a pretty um, a harsh things to say about Ortiz. Honest assessment of the Ortiz situation in the Boston Globe this weekend, okay. and I'm sure we'll get to Reamer's tweet where they told Alex about their journalistic standards when covering uh, Ortiz at the Globe. We'll talk Ortiz today on the show. It's uh, Mutt and Callahan sans Mutt. We'll talk about, of course, the big Stephen Wright incident, the weekend programming. I'm sure of which Wiggy bowed out this weekend. Can't blame him for that. Got a weekend off. Yep. It's Jermaine Wiggins, Greg Dickerson, and Jerry Callahan. It's the revamped Mutton Callahan. See ya. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.